you know, artists know this, even the thing that you're creating becomes a portal for your own transformation. And it's almost like if we don't go through that process as creators, we haven't hit the note. Hey friends, welcome to season two of Inside the Creative Process. I'm your host, Alicia Peterson-Baskell, and I'm so happy to be back at this. If this is your first time here, welcome. I'm so happy to have you. The good news is you got a lot of interviews from season one that you can listen to as well. And for those of you who have been listening I'm glad to have you back. I'm glad to be back. We have a beautiful, heartfelt episode for you today. But before we get into it, I just wanted to let you know what I have been doing these last few months. I completed my training as a breathwork facilitator in June, and I have been leading groups and individuals in this breathwork healing practice and specifically artists and creatives. Intuition is such an important part of the creative process as far as I'm concerned. And to be able to just jump right in and trust that intuition, there's just, there's nothing like it. So I'd love for you to join me. I do one-on-one sessions with individuals. I love doing that. It gives me an opportunity to really make sure that the breathing practice is being done correctly, and also that your experience is validated. But I also do groups, and if group work is something you're more interested in, I'd love for you to join me in a group session. All you'd have to do is click on the link that I'm providing at the bottom. So that leads us to our episode today, which is just going to expand your heart space, your everything with Michelle Boulay. Michelle is a dancer, healer, and transformational life and business coach with a unique methodology that creates profound change for her clients. She's been featured in the New Yorker, the New York Times, Thrive Global, Bloomsburg, Business Week, Dance Magazine, and the Today Show, amongst others. Her work, which includes online group and private coaching, speaking, and in-person retreats, gives creative artists, entrepreneurs, and professionals all over the world the clarity and tools they need to manifest their vision. With over 25 years of practice in somatic therapies, energy medicine, mindset psychology, spirituality, and her award-winning international career in dance, the heart of her work is love. Please welcome Michelle Boulay. Hi, Michelle. I'm so glad to have you here and to have this opportunity to talk about all things dance and healing and transformation with you. Thank you. I feel blessed to be here and already moved. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what I what what is going to come to surface, we shall see. Yeah, yeah, we've said we're both improvisers, so where this might go is really kind of exciting, right? Totally. I've known you for a while. You haven't necessarily known me because I've known you from afar as a dancer. I saw your work 
like 15 years ago or something when you were working with Miguel. I've seen you do work with Deborah Hay. And I was lucky enough to see a solo of yours that you created. Monomyth, yeah. Yeah. So I just, I feel very connected with you as people can feel from the audience perspective when somebody is an artist and is pouring their art out there into the world and really sharing that from their, from their core. I feel like that's what you do when you move. Thank you. I hear you say putting their art into the world. And and it's, I'm sure it's this moment right now where I am today on this day as we're talking, but I, I just immediately heard heart, you know, and, and I feel like <laughs> that's the place See, I'm already like the tears are already rolling down. Like that's the place of connection. And I, and I feel like if, if our artwork can hold so cheese balls, but our heart work, you know, like that's the place where it's so transformative for not only anyone who sees it, but most importantly, and primarily for ourselves, you know, the creators that we, I really feel like the work is, you know, it's coming through us. So all of the work to make this vessel of myself available. You know, that's been my, that's been a question, a mantra since I got injured when I was in my teenage years and body wasn't holding up in the way I wanted it to, to be able to dance. So when I got to start dancing again, after injuries, I had like a, like two years when I didn't dance late teenage years. And I thought I was done that this mantra of like, okay, there's something possible here. Like, how can I make myself available for this, available to this? And to go back to what I, you know, responded to with you, like for me, it's, it's love. I'm feeling that so much in my chest, in my heart, all the way out to my fingertips. Mm. It's so beautiful not to underestimate the power of the heart as it can affect you, but also as it can affect me, your audience watching you perform, and also our audience right now listening, right? Mm -hmm. Because what we can share and what can be received is so, so huge. And it's such a part of the creative process, but also a part of the sharing process. That's, that's something that's really important to me is that step of stepping into sharing the strength that it takes and the courage that it takes to do that. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I, I was thinking about this this morning because like a lot of people, I know for myself, my artistic practice, you know, as a kid was the safe space. So to, to kind of like have that as a safe space, but also at some point in our lives, we need to transcend that. It's not a place to hide. It's a place to, to share the word you used. And it's, it's fascinating to now be mentoring and coaching people who are creative. A lot of them are or were dancers or they are artists or writers or something. And it's just like this transition also of taking this thing that is so precious and dear to us, which is our own expression, you know, and being able to share that in a way where we're not hiding it anymore. And that, that's been huge for me. I mean, my older sister came to maybe every single show I did in New York for the 21 years that I lived there, uh, maybe like two or three, she didn't come to from Chicago. She was such a great, oh, don't make me cry too. Like she, 
Oh, was a great champion. Like, you know, I did, I would do a show in Chicago. She'd be like, why didn't you tell more people about that? And, you know, it's that constant thing. Like no matter how much outside success you've had, I think it's that battle of like, oh, is this enough? Am I going to be loved? I think the the ability to continue on this journey is like finding that the deepest well of love is within us. It's not from what everyone thinks like, yeah, that's great. When you make work that can connect, I'm thinking of a, of an actress I've been working with. She's like, but, but what I want the audience to laugh. I want the audience. And it's like, yeah, you do. Of course. It's a beautiful thing, but it's not a sticky thing, right? It's like, I'm so in my expression that someone else independently rises into theirs too and sees it and the door opens. And that's what I love about performing, about speaking, which I'm starting to do more. I mean, we're doing it here now, but it's like, okay, I want to be available too. I want to be available for. So as I do that, I don't know where we're going. I didn't know that we were going to be talking about this right now, but hopefully, you know, someone else, just like each plant that exists is giving to the plant right next to it and across the way or a world or the, you know, the fish and that those studies of like, it moves over here. And then on the other side of the globe, it moves, like it's so connected that I feel like regardless of what I'm doing, choreographing, teaching, coaching, speaking, I think one of the biggest creative callings for, for me is just to be in and live as my most honest, yeah, fullest expression. Wow. I feel like we've just jumped right into a creative process right now as we're discussing this creative process. And I want to talk about this safe space when you were a child, what that looked like, and a little bit into your journey becoming a professional dancer, what that looked like. Yeah. Uh, I started dancing. I always thought it was five, but then in the last year, my parents said maybe it was four. When I see pictures of myself from dance class, I was really coordinated. (laughs) I don't know. You could just see like, oh, she's in her element. You know, if I saw that kid, I'd be like, oh, she's, she's in her element. And, you know, and this is of course memory, which is 50% made up science says, or we like make, we construct memory from photographs, but you know, there's one of me at the ballet bar with my bowl cut, just like smiling. My sisters were in dance class too, but for whatever reason, I just kept doing it, you know? And I remember I wasn't, I wasn't even, I don't think I was even 10 yet, but maybe I had like a little solo in a ballet piece. And I, I just remember feeling like, oh, this is bigger than me. And in part, I also say this too, like I was raised Catholic and went to Montessori first. Yay. But then went to Catholic school. <laughs> we had to go to church every, every Wednesday in school. Religion set aside, you know, but like the base function of spirit or something bigger, the curiosity about that sort of space. So I just kept dancing. Uh, I think I got a lot of encouragement from my teachers. My sisters dropped out by the time we hit high school and they started doing more sports. And I just remember going to it when I was injured. So I, I kept dancing. I started, it was ballet. And then I started to add in the different things. And then someone at some point told me you need to choose. This was at like, when was this? The eighties, I guess you need to choose what kind of dancing you want to really focus on. And I don't know if that is true, but I, then I was like, I guess I'll do ballet because that's 
that's what's on the magazines. That's what's on dance magazine. And I started doing ballet. I changed to a different school. It was a bunch of like really, really bunheads, really, really skinny, like, you know, like all that ballet stuff. And just, it was not my world, but I still had this desire to express and, and I got injured. And I, when I was injured, I remember going, I had time now. Cause I was dancing. Like I'd go to school, I'd go straight to dance class, dance until eight or nine, then go home and do my homework. So super busy. But I remember going to my sister's track meet once and being like, they're just running around. Like what? It was so foreign to me. <laughs> I was, I mean, I get accused of living in a bubble a lot, but I don't think there's any, there, there's good and bad in that. But so I got injured, you know, I was injured. And then it was not until college at the University of Illinois, not even knowing there was a dance program there, but walking by the building one day and seeing, can't remember what the sign says, like dance department or something or dance studio and just walking up to the door and peeking in and seeing there's, oh, there's a studio here. Like, I don't even, yeah. And and then I went back to my, my college apartment and got the catalog out and saw where the dance classes were. And I signed up for a dance class and then I just started dancing again. And then through learning a more holistic approach to the body and this is where this was my like journey of healing too, and taking that on as a research point for myself when I started making work or as as a you know base of knowledge as I was teaching too, and just wanting again this desire, which I think is just the desire of life in us. Like, oh, I just sprained my ankle. I want to learn more about this because I know it's giving me something to open up into. So, you know, at at the university, I I learned how to use my body in a different way. It planted this foundation for a lot of somatic study once I moved to New York a week after I graduated. And I just started. I just went into it. I didn't get in my head. It's like when I look back at it, I get in my head about decisions, certainly in my business and stuff. But for whatever reason, I wasn't asking, am I going to do this? Is it going to work? I just went to New York and did it. And of course, it wasn't like I was without doubt. I had definitely had ups and downs, but it wasn't super mental for me. That's amazing. And I'm sure in your in your coaching business, you see that in different creatives and how much we put into our minds, we can't do this or I shouldn't do this to not have that. And maybe that's youth. Maybe that was who you are as a person, right? But just to be able to go into it and just to do. There, there are definitely marks along the way. If I look back, you know, in my twenties, oh, I had, I, I had to learn how to overcome this. I had to learn how to overcome this, but it, you know, and I also wasn't like, I'm going to dance at BAM and at the Pompey do. And I, it wasn't that it was just like, okay, what's the next, what, what I want to go to class today. I want to talk to that choreographer. I want to go to class again tomorrow. Like when back in the day, I don't know how it is so much right now in New York, but it was just like, you take class, you go to shows. I went to like five shows a week, usually, you know, and I was ushering and it was a, it was a more, but it wasn't the thing I can look back at this now. It wasn't fear-based. And I know now in my forties, how important it is to, to plant a seed of like really true heart desire to move us towards what we want to go versus afraid, you know? And actually, as I say that, I know there was fear in there too. <laughs> But I think the desire was stronger. Yeah. And 
when you have a picture of what, and some people do as they go into whatever art form, you have a picture of what it's supposed to look like, that can create so much fear if you're going towards that goal or going towards your artwork and it doesn't look the way or it doesn't feel right if you're going towards a direction that looks the way you think it looks like on the cover of Dance Magazine, right? But if you're following just your everyday impulses, right? My desire to go to class, my desire to talk to this choreographer because I'm really interested in their work. Maybe they're the big, big choreographer in town, or maybe they're just making their first piece. And it's really interesting. And I'd like to be a part of that process, right? Yeah. And that, like, there's two moments I can share in response to that too. I saw Ralph Lemon perform, choreographer, if you don't know who he is, perform in Chicago before I moved to New York, my senior year of college. And I, I just went up and talked to him and told him I was moving to New York. And he said, he said, just go with no expectations. So, you know, he's been kind of this guiding light and I've had these lovely intersections with him throughout my time in New York. And then, you know, with Miguel, who I worked with for 15 years, Miguel Gutierrez, I just really connected to something in his class. And he wasn't like, I'm choreographing. I just kept going to his, to his class again and again. So I was following like, oh, this feels good. I want to go to this class again. I walked out of that other class (laughs) that didn't feel so good to me. (laughs) And I stayed here. Mm -hmm. And I, we all have that compass. I think learning to listen to that, that compass is also, and we know this as improvisers too. It's like you get the moment to go, but if you get all mental about it, the moment passes. Yeah. Listening to that compass is huge. I love that. That idea of a compass, it really points you in the direction and you can feel it, especially if you are connected to what you're feeling, what you're feeling in your body and what your uh, body is telling you. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's, it's a practice to cultivate too, because, you know, I, th- I know my energy healing practice helped me with that, with the body talk system, the muscle testing questioning when I'm working with a client is all yes, no. Is it this is, if it, is it this? Yes. Is it this? No. And it's just like, dunk, 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 dunk. And so I developed a movement practice in response to that too, just alongside my dance teaching, where it's just like, you're listening to all of this wisdom that's in you, within you. And that's part of the expression too, being able to listen to what's here to be able to allow it to move out and through. I'm saying this all for myself too, because I always have to remind myself of what, what this is, you know, like, and I think the neatest thing that it helps me with, and I see help other people with is they start, they start to trust themselves more deeply and then they can trust the process that's unfolding around them more creatively. That's beautiful. I've taken a workshop with you when you were in San Diego. And I remember you giving us a little taste of the body talk system. Is this something that you still work with and you still use? That system, I, it's it's not like I, it's it's my foundation for just pulling in a connection to each person's innate wisdom. We all have an innate wisdom. I say this in my move. I've called it my moving with innate wisdom practice. We have an innate wisdom that is always guiding us to our highest potential, our greatest expression, our fullest health. 
And it's the same wisdom that heals a cut. Like we don't have to think about it. We don't like it's it's bigger than that. We we don't have the capacity. It's impossible. But I know that, you know, in doing, I got certified in 2008 and I do still use it. It's not the only thing I do with people that I work with, but in my group work, in my private work, it it comes up. And I'm basically, you know, on a technical level, I'm using muscle testing and there's a whole chart that I'm following to ask what a priority is. The chart involves the body parts. It involves energy systems. It involves experiences from our past, the processes in the body. The thing that's beautiful about it is it's so comprehensive. And then all I'm doing as the practitioner is asking, is this a priority or not with the muscle testing? So everything is based on priority. And the beautiful thing about it is one, I'm asking a question. So I'm not telling a person what they need. I'm asking their innate wisdom, what is needed. And I have to drop and I have to drop my agendas. Like my limited mind might say, okay, this person's coming in with digestive issues or stomach issues. Okay. They, there's a, there might be an issue here with their personal empowerment, solar plexus, stomach on a conscious level. But when I go in and do the work and ask for the priority, it might be something entirely different. So I have to drop my agenda and just be present with, and that's something I say in the movement practice a lot too. It's very much like meditation, right? We're being present with. So if there's no instruction for how you're being asked to move, and this is, I was experimenting with this with the last duet I made in New York in 2018 called The Field. If there's no instruction, like what, what comes up? And I remember doing this one day in New York, the day before I had had a really beautiful bodywork session with an incredible healer, Paula McCauley. And I just, I, I realized in the session, she wasn't trying to get anywhere with me. She was just being present with me. So I went to St. Mark's church, dance based project movement research to teach my class the next morning. And I, I just, I remember the room and just being like, what if there's no agenda? What if we're just here to listen? And everyone just, everyone just started, you know, it's New York. People know how to take class too, but everyone just started tapping into the movement that needed to be there for them in the moment. And I, now I'm remembering, you know, teaching at UArts, the University of the Arts in Philly. And I was teaching this practice and this kid fell asleep. He fell asleep for 30 minutes and he was my, and then he ended up being my partner in the next exercise we did. And I, and I knew to trust, like, that's, that's what this guy's wisdom needs. Like, let's let him sleep. And there's like a deconstructing and like a, a, like a, removing the layers that keep us from that. So we're, I'm teaching the class and he becomes my partner and he's up and he's like ready to move. And I'm my, my belief systems are like, Oh, you don't have to jump into this right away. He's like, no, I'm ready. I'm, he was so ready. <laughs> like he's also probably like 19, but he just was like, it, it, I was like, wow, I, my paradigms got broken again too. You know, and I, and I love that space, you know, in teaching and just different exercises and teaching where, we see our own perception through the exercise we're doing, or even as we're working with another person, it's like, oh, I had a limited idea around what was possible. And this person just expanded my understanding. And I, oh my gosh, I'm just gonna, I used to, I would say this statement all the time in teaching, like my partner expands my experience of myself, wow. right? Because that's all, that's all I'm really experiencing, but in relationship, I'm expanded in connection with this other person where they are right now and where I am right now, I expand. And that again is the nature of life. We're here to be 
in harmony with the fact that this universe is expanding faster than the speed of light. Wow. Michelle, I love this. Mm. I love this conversation. I love listening to you and experiencing even from a storytelling point of view, right? Like, like I'm there in the dance class and then I am in the universe. Makes me think I should call my next workshop, the portal to the universe. (laughs) It's named. You got it. You got the name, (laughs) write it down. (laughs) Okay. I want to go back to Ralph Lemon saying to you, no expectations. Yeah. And then just for our audience's awareness of how many accolades you've received as a dance artist and, and just people just loving you and adoring you, but you went into it, listening to Ralph Lemon, having no expectations and pursuing this passion, not this dream necessarily, but this passion Mm -hmm. and uh, just, just how amazing that is, you know, the, the, the accolades and the, and the, the love, right? Really, that's what it is, is the love that's coming from you having no expectation. That's just something to drop into and notice. And I also, I want to, I want to know what the creative process has been like for you from a a dancer's perspective, working for different choreographers, you know, are you, do you feel empowered? Uh, Are you feeling directed? I'm curious about that in, especially knowing that you made choices based on really listening to yourself. Yeah. Thank you for saying all of that. You you made a love. I just want to say this too, like this lovely discernment around following a passion versus, I don't know what you, the other word was like a a vision or a dream. I can't dream. Yeah. 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 And I guess it, it, it pulled me back to the now more like what's here now versus what's all the way over there. So I just want to thank you for saying that. And and to answer your question, finding Miguel's work at that time in 2000, it might actually been 2000. And then we did a duet together in 2001. I believe it was February, 2001, but I started taking his class in 2000. Holy guacamole. That's a while ago. There was always this, you know, for the 15 years that I worked with him, I, I, felt that I could bring my wholeness, my fullness into that process. And I was in plenty of other processes with other choreographers at different times. And it's, and it didn't always feel like that, you know? So I, I feel like there was this really beautiful sort of symbiosis. And I do feel like Miguel has a real strength in being able to pull out, this is a leadership skill to pull out a person's, uh, their strengths, to guide them to that. And I know even as a coach, like in having a a team of people that work with me now, and as a choreographer too, it was like, okay, there was this dance of, in one of the pieces I made, like seeing who was here, how do we amplify this person's brilliance? And then also as I'm doing that, I'm getting clearer about perhaps what I want for the next piece in, again, in relationship to these incredible people that I get to work with now. It's, it's, it's like the contrast, like, okay, this, yes, this, no, this, yes, this, no. And then we like, 
we keep like butting up against the edges to find the the channel of least resistance, I guess, but it has to have all of that bumping up against what doesn't work. So I found again, like as a dancer working with other people, I had the same experience, like, oh, I, this doesn't quite work, but this does, or this, you know, and you ask people, how's it to work with this person? <laughs> you know, or you just go in the room and you figure it out. I'm trying to think if I left any processes that I was in. Uh, sort of. <laughs> I think that was just, again, you know, this sort of like, where am I? And is this still working? And that can be called selfish, but it's, it's like, I think the most generous thing we can do is be centered in ourselves. And then, and then the giving is not sticky. You know, if I, if I can tend to, like, I got asked this question in San Francisco in 2005 or six on tour with Miguel, this person asked me, how is your work political? Cause that, you know, like it's a big topic, <laughs> especially there in the Bay area, you know? And I was like, I have so many wars in my own body and my own being like I, I I'm, I'm tending to those. And this person didn't like my answer. Mm. And then she came to my workshop the next day and came up to me afterwards and was like, Oh, I get it. You know? And I think the hardest thing for us to do, and I know this, you know, again, as a mentor, as a coach is to, to look within and claim that inner authority. So we keep looking at everything else outside of us. Oh, this person did this, this person did this. And, and we lose, we lose essentially that creative power. And, and this is not a blame thing. This is just part of the, this is part of the evolution of who we are. Again, like witnessing the alchemy of holding one's own space and response ability to be there for ourselves, you know, and blessings to our parents and the consciousness of the 1950s and said, you know, like all of this, like nothing's perfect. And I was like, oh my God, what are, what are the generations beyond going to be saying about the consciousness that we're at now? And I guess there's, here's a segue here too. Like I, I think in working with energy work and, and finding from the somatics of like, oh, okay, I have a, I have an injury in my, in my ankle that was tendonitis when I was 16, so bad it hurt to walk. And that's why I quit dancing. And then realizing, oh, it's not my ankle. It's, it's, it's the rest of my body. It's the alignment of my spine. It's all these things. And then later in New York realizing, oh, my back hurts. Oh, it's, it's my unprocessed anger working with an incredible chiropractor. Oh, this is, and then, and then, you know, that leading to walking into the body talk room to start taking the courses and just being like, I have no idea why I'm here, but my innate wisdom. My intuition said, this is going to change my life. And it did. And so I started to see the world as consciousness and energy. And when I, and I, I think I knew this intrinsically, but I was never interested in the trick that the dancer could do like the technique. I was like, what's behind this organizing all of it. So that's what I wanted to find as an artist. That's what, I, that's where I wanted to tend you know, like what's, what's, the, what's the con the choreography of the consciousness before it lands on the lands in the material. And it's a different vibration. It's like, there's this higher vibration of, of energy and an even higher vibration of love. And how do we drop that? Oh my God, I sound so new age, but how do we drop that <laughs> into the material plane? How do, how do we create like in the way that 
you know, someone could create an object that was the representation or the, 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 the materialization of the consciousness of something that could be a transmitter, something that, that could be transformative. And I feel like we're like, just, this is, this is where we're sitting as artists, right? Like what, what is it all here? And then how does it come into this material manifestation so we can rest in this plane of existence that we as human beings with physical bodies are in? And how can we keep touching this like higher consciousness, bringing it in? And I don't mean to say that, like, I don't mean that for that to sound like fluffy or like egotistical, but when you experience it in your life, you know, it's like, oh, that's it. I just touched love. And then I went back to my place of separation again. Oh, I touched love again. Then I went back to separation and suffering. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is beautiful, Michelle. And I, I can feel what you're talking about and I've experienced it in myself as a dance maker and always, always this drive to find ways of kind of channeling that into something that is material in some way, whether it be a dance or a painting or writing or words being spoken. And you said in our last conversation that the way that that you think about your work when you're making work is that it's an architecture of consciousness. And I, I felt that really just dropped me right in. I think what you said was, what are all of these pieces that want to fall into place in a particular way that is dynamic mm. and not static? Yeah. And that to me feels like a creative process in its most essential form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. It's making me think of, I got a grant in 2000. 14, I believe from the Jerome foundation to go study this work called biogeometry with my teacher in Malta, these little islands off the coast of Italy. We were in Gozo. My interest was in this, in the immaterial, like, like what, what is all the information around us that is constantly it's organizing. It's we're, we're in, we're in relationship to it. We're organizing with it. What I learned in that course, there's actual thing like designs in nature that are life more life-giving than others. Like the shape of our heads, mine's pretty round, but it's not like a, a perfect circle is not the most life-giving structure until I think until you put a dot in the middle. This man who developed this work, Dr. Kareem, there were ways to measure this. And you could look at in architecture, you know, anything that's a, a half dome, that energy again is, is not, is like a, just a perfectly half circle is not life giving. So our heads get extended beyond that or an egg the shape of an egg is actually life giving, right? It actually creates life. There's, there's a function to that shape part of, of evolution to create something, you know, that, that is dynamic and it, it's a portal for energy. It's, it's, it's the same the same question that I had with my body. How can I let my body be a portal for energy, a portal for something greater? So I know that that's possible with a dance that we make, with a poem that we write, with a song. You know, we we know that everyone's experienced that, but I think it's almost like we take it for we can take it for granted. That's the architecture I feel like in the brilliance where something actually transports me into something I don't know. And I know from a lot of the study I've done in the last number of years that that place of not knowing is the place of greatest transformation. 
and it's so annoying sometimes, you know, <laughs> because it's like, not again, you know, but it's like, okay. And I, it's making me think of the last piece I made in New York. I remember I was in the room with the curator, my collaborator. So Laura Mimosa Montez, the curator, and then Kayvon Porazar, who was collaborating with me as a dancer and creating it. And I had this intention that I wanted for the dance and it started to ask me to do something I was very uncomfortable with. And I remember being in the room and, and, and Kayvon even saying it, I was like, I felt so mad. <laughs> Like, it's not the way I wanted it to go, but I can tell that the dance is asking me to step into something that I don't know, which means I get to step into growth. Wow. Yeah. So then it's like, even the thing, and you know, artists know this, even the thing that you're creating becomes a portal for your own transformation. And it's almost like if we don't go through that process as creators, we haven't hit the note, you know? Yeah, I can already sense, and I think our listeners can already sense so much about how and why you are a phenomenal coach and supporter and portal for transformation for other people. But I'd love to hear about that journey for you into becoming a coach and having your business supporting creative people. Yeah, that's, that's the whole journey in and of itself. I, I can say that I love teaching and I, I really love, you know, whether it's within myself or within someone else who is my teacher, like a client, a student is my teacher, like to watch them open up to something that they did not know was possible is just like, for me, it's magnificent, you know, like to see, because, because we shed everything that's not true and we hit truth. And like my uh, sort of request or prayer, you know, has always been like, give me the courage to follow what I'm being called to do. You know, again, in my journey, I've bumped up against yes, no, yes, no. I bumped up against the edges. So I thought it was this. It's not this thought it was this. It's not this. Oh, it's more this. Okay. going to keep going that way. And I just kind of remember at some point saying whatever way I'm being asked to show up in my imperfection and in all my flaws and my mistakes, but to show up in service of creation which I do think is divine. When we tap into that same energy that makes a plant grow. Wow. I'm looking at dead bushes out my window. <laughs> Not dead, but winter. <laughs> there's, but there's, I know there's something out there. You know, it's, 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 we're in that deep underground, at least here while we're having this conversation and something's there. You know, I, and I, I think this involves some of the greatest surrender and I, I remember seeing, you know, people I went to college with then want to dance or young dancers in New York wanting to dance and then making that transition out of dancing and feeling like, oh my God, all the meaning that they gave to something that doesn't mean anything at all, except but the time it was time to leave. Like I'm not, it doesn't mean you're a failure. It doesn't mean you're, you did the wrong thing. It doesn't mean any of that stuff. But in following a calling, we get this gift of, shedding identities over and over and over again to 
get closer to over and over and over again to the truth of what we really are, that mystery. And I think when, when I can be in a space where I'm looking at someone with that level of curiosity and man, I got to do it to myself first, you know, but like with that level of curiosity of, Oh, wow. What's, what's here and love, right. It, 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 we, we move towards love, just like the plant moves towards light. And in that space, I know this in my healing work too. And I, I experienced this on another profound level in the last year in 2022, where I was in workshops where we did healing for other people as a group in meditation. And wow, I, I wept in ways that I did not. And I loved in ways that I did not know was possible in also the realization that what was available, the love that was available, there was more of it. It was infinite, you know? And I think to get that reminder and to, to, to actually feel it and live it, Oh man, if everyone could feel that, even for a moment, it's like in Feldenkrais, you know, you experience this one moment of movement where you, you open up to a different level of freedom and your body will continue to seek it. That was the same message in biogeometry, the work I was talking about earlier. You know, it's like you open up to a little bit of harmony and you harmony begets harmony. So for me, the, the work, and again, it has to start with me not from burden or responsibility, but <clears throat> this is, this is my prayer for the courage, the courage to respond to the calling. Like, okay, I'm going to open up a little bit more today. And I have to let something go to do that. I have to surrender some part of myself. I have to unknow myself again and again and again. And I have to mother, I have to trust. And when I trust, I realize I'm not alone. And I think in part, like that was kind of related to my solo that I made and the monomyth that you saw, like, because I was really curious about loneliness and I was like, wow, there's this there, next to loneliness. So alone, right? One person, there can be loneliness or there can be the most transformative solitude possible. So it's how people talk about the pandemic, right? Like we had to be alone. So, so which direction did we choose, but based on the tools we had come across yet in our lives or not, you know, and everyone is, is perfectly in order, right? Like no one's better or worse for having done this or that during that time we all went through, but I don't know. It's, it's like that, that, that real confrontation, you know, with, okay, what's here? What am I, what I'm, what am I being asked to hold? What am I being asked to carry. Okay. I agree. Okay. I'm here. Wow. Again, I'm feeling everything <laughs> you're saying through my heart, through my hands, just so much about your work. You say comes down to that essence of love. And I can, in this conversation, and I imagine everybody listening, it's just such a direct access. You allow such direct access to love. I think what a, what a beautiful through line, <laughs> what a beautiful through line, you know, it isn't a, a switch. I can, I can see that as you're talking about your journey, it isn't this and then this, and then this, it's this 
through line of love and healing and deeper understanding of yourself and your heart. So beautiful. My daughters and I were looking at YouTube and looking at videos. And I, and I, I saw a short clip of, of monomyth that brought me back into remembering different moments. And it was with you, with the balloons in your, in your clothes. It was so much all at the same time. It was humorous. It was obscure and strange. It was it was beautiful the way as they came out from your clothes and formed uh, just at least in the video, that pattern, that beautiful little, pattern, the little temple and the, like the way that it, yeah. Yeah. I recognize the egg shape. I recognize some of what you've been talking about in that moment. So it's such a concrete moment. I love, you know, I love those concrete that I think that's something I do love about art and dance making is this concrete, not in the hardness of it, but in it being something we can point at, even if just for a moment where we recognize that love, that divine, that, uh, that whatever, you know, whatever somebody wants to call it, but that feeling when you recognize it visually or, or audibly, it's delightful. Yeah. And that, that particular moment had its own journey of like darkness and, oh my God, like all the things that came up as I was in the process of creating that moment. And, and then just like, kind of like letting it be, you know, I think the thing I really love about performing and creating is we just, I just have to keep stepping out of the way, you know, and like, okay, here's this moment. And this conversation is just making me want to keep touching that, you know, again, in, in whatever, whatever way I'm being called to. And I want to say this too. I know this and I know this with the people I help. And again, it's because I'm, I'm, I'm living it too. Like it's, it's hard to touch that stuff, you know? So I think it's really important to remember that we're worthy of having the containers that support us to move through that. You know, this day today, I literally have a, a client who's a beautiful artist who's doing a show in New York and we get to have this dialogue back and forth of like, she's so excited. She's so afraid she's, and it's happening today. And the message she left me last night is just like, wow, she is becoming a different person through this process of creation. And I'm like, holy, oh, I'm blown away. My own ego is like, can I do that? You know, like I'm not going to lie. It's not, not like that disappears. It's, oh, there it is. Okay. You know, like, am I capable of that? Oh my God. But she's, she's better, you know, like the comparison, all those things, like I'm a human being, (laughs) it's all there. (laughs) But this conversation that we're having today is just like, Ooh, let's, let's do it. Like, let's, let's, let's let each other do it. And let's let each other make mistakes as they do it. And and know that it doesn't mean they're a bad person. They're not worthy. I feel like that's my 20 year old, my 14 year old, my five-year-old. I really feel like one of the things I want to work on next and maybe a different way is, and I am working on a speech right now. (laughs) So it's in in the process. I just started a six month program for it. Just like to remind ourselves that we are brilliant creators. We are brilliant creators and the world, the word brilliant is so important because it's loving, you know, and, and how many times did we not get told that? So who is the person that's responsible for helping us see that now we, we are, 
each of us as individuals. And yeah, I have leaned up against so many different teachers and mentors and invested so much money in myself to be able to have someone remind me that I loved, you know, like, oh, have someone remind me that I'm capable. Like even Miguel, when I was 23, maybe, so over 20 years ago, telling me I'm an artist, I didn't know that. 25, I remember like being in meetings teaching at the new school in my thirties and being in rooms with this incredible faculty of New York, these incredible artists. And again, feeling like, do I belong in this room? Like these guys are artists, but I'm in the room. How do I overcome this, this feeling of not being good enough? I keep creating. <sighs> yeah. A teacher of mine in breathwork says, outcreate that voice, outcreate. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of that same, just keep creating, keep creating, outcreate it. Yeah. And that breath work, I've, I've been doing some of that this last year. And it's like a word that's been coming up for my practice, you know, architectures of consciousness has been one and now capacity building. Mm. So that's what I've been working on with my clients. And I could tell as I was doing the breath work, I, I've already done 11 sessions. I paid for 10 more, you know, it's like, oh, this is the next thing. Capacity building, like more love. Amazing. Oh, Michelle, you are changing lives and you're going to change more lives. And our listeners, I know they're changed. This was such a beautiful conversation. Thank you. I cried so many times. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything that you, anything else that you want to say that you want to leave us with as artists, creators, stepping into our power? You know, there, there's layers of discovering what this statement really means, but it's, it's our, it's all already here, you know? And, and I feel like working with that statement over the last, I would say really consciously over the last four years has done the job again of letting me come back here, like letting me pointing to myself, come back home. It, it is already here. And the people, the tools, the support system systems really exist. They're here. And I think when we start to believe that it's possible, when we start to let ourselves know that what we want is okay, and we become the people who learn how to hold that desire, which desire means of the spirit or of star of the stars, like we we need to become that person and it. And then, and then it all merges, like it, it shows up. It's, it's already here. And, and on that journey, there will be the next step. There is no arrival place. We know this as dancers, we cannot stand still until we die. And then our spirit keeps moving. So I I would just say like, as a really tactical thing for people, listen to what you want. It is the portal to who you are and let yourself be supported by people. I'm learning that journey every single day. My resistance to love. Ooh, you know, go get a hug. <laughs> hug someone. And you know what? Here's here's what I want to say. Oh my God. I'm just, I, I realized this the other day. I was like, oh, I can say I love you to someone because I love me. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I Something I in there. It. If they want to be in touch, I, I don't know. You're probably sharing all that stuff too. Yeah. Michelle nope. Boulay. Oh, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, Boule, B-O-U-L-E.com. 
Instagram, it's michelle.boulay. That's where I'm most active. Facebook too. Be in touch. Like I, I love hearing from people. I had a former client ask me how to deal with winter blues and I did a, a live on social media for it. And it led to a 24 hour love challenge. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, like improvising, right? Like, oh, okay. This person asked me, okay, I'll answer the question, but I'll answer it for a lot of people on social yeah. media. And then I was like, oh, it came through me. Oh, what if, what if we chose to love ourselves for 24 hours? <sighs> My love says, Michelle, you can let, you can be quiet now. <laughs> I love it. I love following you on social media and create, letting your inner creative, your inner creator, yeah, Yeah. honor your inner creator. And, uh, you know, every, just that inspiration to just do something and see the way you're seeing the world as your creator as well, because sometimes it isn't doing something. Sometimes it is, is witnessing something and claiming that as your creation, right? Mm -hmm. it's just beautiful everybody go check out michelle and all of her offerings she offers throughout the year different ways of working with her as you can see she's just she's going to help you transform she's amazing thank you so much michelle this has been a fantastically wonderful conversation thank you so much for making it possible and thank you everyone for listening Wasn't that such a beautiful conversation? I loved the journeys that Michelle brought us on just in that short amount of time. Some of my takeaways are, number one, if your artwork can hold your heart work, that's the place where your work is the most transformative, not just for your audience, but for yourself as well. Number two, pursue your passion without getting in your head. There will still be fear and obstacles to overcome, but stay focused on what's the next thing. Number three, go take classes, go see shows, do what feels good to you. Number four, learn to listen to your compass. Find ways to connect with your body and your intuition and cultivate this practice so that you can listen to the wisdom within you. Number five, True connection with your audience happens when you are so in your expression that someone else independently rises into theirs too and sees it and a door opens. Number six, when collaborating, use this mantra. My partner expands my experience of myself. In relationship, I'm expanded. Number seven, pull out the strengths of those you are working with by asking the question, how do we amplify this person's brilliance? Then let that lead your process. Number eight, how do we overcome this feeling of not being good enough? Keep creating. Number nine, ask yourself, what is the choreography of the consciousness before it lands in the material? And number 10, the place of not knowing is the place of greatest transformation. If you want to connect with Michelle or work with Michelle, she has a few things coming up. She has the Prosperous Creative, which is one of her group programs. You can join the wait list by sending her your email. And she's got a really great free PDF called Creative's Guide to More Clarity, Confidence, and Income. Go check that out. 
get that as soon as you can. It's free. And as you can tell, Michelle has so much wisdom to share with all of us. Thank you so much for listening and for making the time to be with me and to be with Michelle and to do something for your creativity. I mean, that's what, that's what it's all about, really. It takes courage to continue to create. It can take a lot of our time and focus, especially when we're so passionate and excited about it. And that's when we know that we're on the right path. So keep going, keep making, keep going to see work. Until then, keep creating. <laughs>